You're listening to the Digital Communicators Podcast, helping comms professionals stay one step ahead of all things digital and social media. Here are your hosts, Amanda, Raj, Mark, and Tim. Uh, welcome everyone to the to the podcast. Um, this this month we're talking about Instagram Threads versus X, which is the newly renamed Twitter. Twitter. Um, a lot's happened since the last month uh, when we spoke. Um, Instagram Threads has launched a great fanfare. Um, the way they connected it to Instagram accounts, um, suddenly 100 million um, users jumped onto Threads. Um, but I think they launched it a little bit early because I don't think it was quite ready, but they were trying to ca- uh, jump on a lot of people being unhappy with Twitter and wanting a- an alternative. Um, so since um, it launched, 100 million joined, but already 50 million have, have basically left and not logging in anymore. Um, but we thought this is a great sort of lesson for communicators and digital communicators about when new channels start and how do we respond and how do we react. Um, so I'm sure that everyone in the podcast has some thoughts on this because we've seen it all before. But um, I might start with you, Mark, about new channels and, and, and what, what, we should, what we should do in that space. Yeah, thanks, Tim. I think one of the things that often gets banded around when you're thinking about new digital platforms is whether you should launch with a minimal viable product. You've probably heard the acronym MVP all over the place. Um, It's my honest opinion that you really need to work through whatever you're commissioning as a digital platform and launch it in the best possible way. Because if you go MVP, a lot of people will just say, nah, you know, it's so-so, it's okay for me, but probably not, you know, and then you have a lot of trouble engaging with those people to get them back on and say, oh, hang on a minute, we um, we were really working to a better end, you know, we just wanted your feedback and that sort of thing. And whilst feedback is really critical, MVP, minimal, minimal viable product, can be problematic. And as I see it with threads, that's very much the case here, you know, launched with no trending topics, no hashtags, um, no ads, which is probably a blessing for everyone, um, but no DMs, all those things that you can, uh, that you get on a lot of the other social platforms, threads doesn't have. So I'd be interested in, in other people's thoughts, whether that's a good thing. But to me, it's a very basic platform. And I just feel like you do a lot of scrolling uh, with not much intent. And there's plenty of other platforms that I can scroll through and get information that I want. Yeah, I think I'd go back to Tim's point there in terms of the what seems to be, we don't obviously know, Mark, but what seems to be the strategy behind this is a bit of a land grab. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I mean, jealousy isn't really a good business strategy, is it? And, and trying to capitalize on someone else's misfortune. If that's all it is, then, then there's risk, obviously, in that. Uh, but I think the point you're making, Mark, which I completely agree with, is this idea of jumping around and trying to capitalize on any new emerging undeveloped and unproven platform is risky and i think if you um, if you kind of hit your wagon to something which is unproven and particularly if you throw all your eggs in that basket and start advocating for the value of something that hasn't really got a track record um, then there is inherently going to be risk involved so i think it'd be it'd be wise for people to absolutely continue to explore things like this and and kind of very much put your critical um, analysis hat on when you're looking at platforms like this and their value but I'd be hitching my wagon more to the organizational strategy and what you're trying to achieve internally and then working out where any new mediums like this might play a role. There are a lot of brands that have certainly jumped in and um, you know grabbed their handles started using threads to engage. I think as a digital comms professional that there is some exciting 
opportunities within that to start fresh on a new platform? I mean, how often are people able to really start with a brand at the commencement of a new platform? They don't come along all the time. And so some examples that I've seen, like one of my faves is Vegemite. Anyone who knows me knows I love Vegemite. And, you know, their sharing um, early on was really great. Like every post was gold. And I think it's that opportunity to maybe take some of the stuff that has performed the best elsewhere, refine it, and then start out really strong on a new platform. And so, um, hooray for those brands that have had a crack at doing that, getting some engaged followers and hopefully by, you know, truly engaging on the platform, they're able to keep some of them. Um, others that I've seen, are like the Whitney museum, which has been sharing really great, um, uh, posts with artworks that are just um, really representative of how people are feeling, um, like what's happening in the world on any given day. And so that's a cool representation of um, an interpretation of like old art into something new. And so I think there's real opportunity there, but um, this discussion so far has just highlighted if the platform doesn't get it right, doesn't matter how great brands are, um, they can lose that engagement but also um, you have to continue as strong as you start. Um, and that can be really challenging for brands. I think it's time intensive to come up with that volume of quality content in an ongoing way. And, and we, you know, we, we used to think of Instagram as a great visual uh, channel, you know, um, pre its change in the algorithm. A lot of photographers were, were using it really, really well. And, and it's a passion of mine. And, and I still look at a lot of photography and a lot of uh, worldwide uh, brilliant photographers on Instagram. And I was actually comparing um, their channel on Instagram versus threads last night. And it's really quite a different layout. Um, Instagram, it's much more positive still in terms of the layout of the photographs and threads. So that's something else to think about too, in terms of your uh, visual relief, in terms of what you're putting up there. Yeah, I, th I think what happened was um, it, it kind of became like an extension of Instagram um, and so the brands that, that do have that sort of strong following on Instagram have really good content, they sort of transferred across the threads quite quite well. But if you were looking, if you had people who were sort of had a big Twitter following and were like, well, this is this an alternative to Twitter? And they jumped on threads, they didn't perform well at all because, as Mark said, there's no trending topics, there's no way to find content, there's... So unless you had that Instagram following, there's no real way to actually build a following in threads. And I think, yeah, and sorry. Threads, threads really biased that, Tim. Or just just to add that, you know, there was that um, as part of the sign-up process, it, it basically kind of um, defaults to following everyone that you already follow um, and who follows you on threads so that, uh, sorry, on Instagram, so that you've got that continuation. So if you've come from another platform, not Instagram, I think there is like that fundamental disadvantage. You don't have um, that following that they, um, those from Instagram do. I think one of the challenges, I think Mark, one of the challenges um, I think everyone would have faced if you're working in comms is threads launched there was no advance notice so you know this thing sort of came out of the blue as amanda said a lot of brands just jumped on it and did it quite well but what kind of advice would you give to senior leaders when something like this happens no i'm just going to say roger uh, the dead air in a podcast signifies that um that that 
this particular channel is problematic, I reckon, because um, our crossover chat before us, so I was going to ask the question to all of you, what do we think differentiates this particular platform? Because that's where I really have a problem with it. You know, there's nothing that stands out for me to say this is a new, exciting platform. So we'll come back to your point in a minute, Tim, but from, you know, what does differentiate it? Well, I think that's part of the problem in terms of if the strategy behind this in terms of the business strategy is to make a land grab at someone else who's struggling, then as you say, Mark, it's filling a gap, but it's not necessarily fulfilling a purpose. And so what you're doing is taking one audience from one environment and duplicating it elsewhere. Um, And is that a long-term viable, effective commercial business strategy? I will happily wait to be proven um, wrong, but at the same time, it will require some quick uh, adaptation. So I think that, yeah, for me, it's kind of, and also I should say, can I put my hand up virtually and say of all of us i believe on this podcast am i the only one who has not yet set themselves up on threads i'd say so rod is that <laughs> right am i am i the yep. yeah so so i am the you person the who is uh, literally the fly on change? the wall here <laughs> i'm the luddite yeah but all this comes back to cha- <laughs> this, I'll never put it down all of this comes back to channel strategy so coming back to your point Tim what what are we saying to executives who you know if we're trying to um, educate them about um, the platforms that we should be using as digital communicators it comes back to channel strategy what is the purpose of it you know how is it going to benefit your business a la what you said earlier, Roger. So I think that's where you need to come from it from the first point of view. Now, I know I know a lot of companies have just switched over and jumped onto it and what have you as well. But if it doesn't meet your channel strategy um, uh, in the organisation and marry up to the business principles of the organisation, then my recommendation would not be to use it. I think lots of organisations, you know, wouldn't even have a channel strategy, Mark, and, you know, where they don't, I think it's also, you know, relevant to just think about um, the team and resourcing that you have available to you and what platforms you can use, you know, in the best mix to reach where um, your audiences are, where are the people that you want to engage with and need to maybe to run a business or as a government agency need to connect with to share critical information. Where are those audiences? Now, it can take time with something like Threads to understand what the audiences are on a new platform. And so maybe you don't jump in straight away. Maybe you kind of wait and see like Roger about whether or not you should join. (laughs) But um, there's definitely, um, it's worth taking time to understand. Some of the big brands jump in quickly because they've got the the resources, they've got the teams, and they don't necessarily have some of the um, kind of clearance processes for content that other organizations do that would make it challenging to jump in quickly. And I, I did want to mention on the topic of, um, you know, what's the difference in, in the platform? Um, I think that, I don't know whether Threads itself has built it um, build itself this way, or it has been sort of media and general um, conversation that has kind of branded it this way, but, um, it's definitely kind of seen as like the nice Twitter at the start that it presents some of that functionality that people can, um, you know, share text, um, you know, rather than image based and that it's going to be nicer that, you know, Twitter's become a horrific cesspool. Um, and, you know, hence kind of the rebranding. Um, and so I, I think that's yet to be seen whether or not that's true. I've seen some examples already. I follow apartment therapy there because um, I love kind of 
um, just looking in at other people's houses and how they live. But I've already seen some posts on um, threads from apartment therapy saying, like, keep it nice, keep your comments about people's homes nice. It takes a lot to share your home on the internet with people, be kind here. And so it's not just the platform that is responsible for, um, you know, whether or not it's positive or negative, obviously they have a role in moderation and fostering a, a, that culture, but it's users themselves. And so it, I'm really interested to see how that part evolves. Yeah. Amanda, I, that's one of the things I would have said is the actual difference is a lot of that trolling negative behavior, at least Instagram's algorithms are clever enough to, to clear all that stuff out and get rid of it. And they've got processes in place. So that was one of the first things I noticed when I logged in is like, oh, I don't have to read all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and initially when I first logged in, uh, it was all my sort of, cause my Instagram is most of my friends. So I was like, oh, it's all my friends and they're actually talking to each other and this is nice. So initially I enjoyed it. And then as my friends started to post less and less. I was just fed sort of the Instagram content, which was branded content, um, influencers. I was recommending me follow the Kardashians, like, and it just became something I was like, well, I'm not interested in any of this stuff. Um, and there's no way for me to find people who are, are interested or topics that I like. And, and, and that's where it lost me because, because that's where I think TikTok wins because it, it's more your authentic content and, and Instagram is very much that influencer celebrity kind of content. So um, I, I definitely think it's a nicer space, but they probably have to figure out a way for people to uh, follow who they want um, and enjoy it more. That's where they've, they've lost. I don't know, Tim. I think the algorithms are pretty smart, right? So just uh, in terms of the Kardashian comment, we'll, uh, maybe they know you better than you know yourself. But I think the point there that you're making, which is <laughs> a really valid that one, is much. that the world... <laughs> you can edit it out. <laughs> we'll find a way to put it back in. The The point that I'd make, though, is exactly what you're saying. Like, there's so much fluidity. There's so much uncertainty. And like, if we step back and look at this, and, and you know, obviously this is something I love doing, but if you step back and look at this scenario... You've got an organization which is trying to make money from a new like, move, a new play in this environment and trying to capitalize on another organization's disadvantage and, you know, whatever's going on there. It is trying to work out what is the best way to, to build sticky users and to drive revenues. It will push things at you that you don't expect. It will make that experience uncomfortable at times because it is testing and learning. And so if you're sitting in the digital communicators chair and you're going, okay, cool, here's a great opportunity for me to capitalize. Here's an opportunity, as you said, Amanda, to kind of start fresh and test new things. Fine, have a test and learn mentality. Have a kind of hygiene mentality and claim profiles. Absolutely no argument there, but don't overcommit. And certainly don't overpromise to people internally that this is going to be the new bastion for social media and it's going to save us all and it's going to be positive and this that, and the other because we don't know. Twitter started in a positive place. You know what I mean? So they, these things do evolve and they do change. And as an organization, as a commercial business is trying to work out how to make money, the users themselves are going to have a different experience and at times they're going to suffer. Maybe we need to bring that uh, fight between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk forward a little bit. Um, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of that, <laughs> think about these two platforms because uh, Twitter is obviously a, um, a cesspit at the moment and, you know, journalists are rebelling, all forms of companies are rebelling to the rebrand and what have you. So perhaps, uh, 
perhaps uh, Zuckerberg is just sitting back, hoping that it it cannibalizes and eats itself up. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out long term. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning. I think it's worth mentioning, um, team. Uh, just the changes uh, that's happened to Twitter. So, so since Elon's bought it, he clearly has a plan where he wants to um, make it commercially viable, and so he's pushing it in in quite a strong direction. Where, you know, you need to pay for your blue ticks. Um, if your companies, you need to pay, um, and then you get certain rights if you pay. And uh, it's it's really changed from from what it was before he bought it. And as Mark said, so many companies and everything have have jumped ship a lot of journalists are, are trying different one different platforms like blue sky and now obviously they've tried tried um threads but i mean what do you think is going to happen in that space of x and and what should what should people who own have owned twitter channels for a long time what should they be thinking of doing at the moment I think the loss of um, brand equity that all kind of hit Twitter and X is really interesting. You know, it's kind of been 15 years or so of build up into the Twitter name and, you know, um, being able to kind of translate your brand into a verb like, you know, tweeting and retweeting, um, like Googling, you know, that that's kind of rare to have that recognition around the world you know twitter and and its content was regularly reported on the news um you know as being kind of the source of um you know what is happening in our culture you know whereas now x is being reported um because of decisions kind of being made by its leadership which is so different it, it's becoming the news instead of um, being that source of news that it used to be so i'm really interested to see how it will evolve with where um, Elon Musk is taking it. I don't have any kind of, you know, window into where that might go. Um, and I think that there'll be a lot of brands that kind of sit tight and wait. You can adapt something like that and and have it be a new valid platform that will work well for some audiences. But I just think we don't know yet what that is going to be. And if, you've, if you're a brand that have invested a lot there over time, then that it, these current changes are going to be a blow because, um, you know, the user and, and engagement statistics at the moment are not good. And they'll be seriously thinking about um, if things don't improve, where will they go next? I'd be backing that up, Amanda, and going back to your other example, maybe there's a, an answer in that around, um, you know, the strength of community. And even within a cesspool, as we're saying, you can still have a really vibrant and healthy community. And if that's what you've got, if that is your asset, it kind of doesn't matter where you are. Don't get me wrong. People will be used to coming to Twitter or X and they'll be used to coming to certain channels to have that interaction. But if you've built a really solid community there, there's nothing saying that you can't take that community elsewhere. So for me, it's kind of the platform and the changes the platform makes to itself and how it operates and advertising and so on and so forth they will keep coming. They'll keep coming regardless. Even something that's, you know, a well-worn path like Facebook looks very different today than it did um, back in the day. So they, those changes will keep coming. If you've got a strong, healthy community, then it's my advice would be, it's almost like no matter what happens in the world around you, yes, be aware to it, be aware to what changes are going on, but focus primarily on your community and the health of that relationship. Because if they're the people, um, if they're the audiences that matter most to you, know what they're feeling and know how you can best facilitate that relationship. Good branding lasts forever. 
Amanda, you mentioned that you like Vegemite. Now, um, some people on on uh, listening to this podcast have probably never seen an advertisement from the 1960s around Vegemite and what have you. It's got the same jingle in contemporary 2023. It's using the same play on its advertising. It's very, very skillful. It A good brand doesn't lose um, it, it, its continuity. So I think, you know, uh, Twitter has blown it uh, predominantly by by getting rid of Twitter and tweets and what have you. So again, uh, I think that's going to be problematic in the future. I've only seen those um, on YouTube, yeah, Mark. Yeah, sure, sure, um, sure. So we'll learn some interesting things like uh, Amanda loves Vegemite and uh, Roger thinks I love the Kardashians. <laughs> it's been no, 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 well, no, 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 just to be clear, I don't. The algorithm does. Right. The algorithm's wrong because I did not follow. Even if we um, dislike the Kardashians, they're still a big brand, right? right. Well, exactly. Well, they, well, they'll push. I think, I think Roger's right. Like, the, the machine learning is obviously, I think Instagram threads will get better, but the question is, like, how many people will, will, will jump back on who jumped and then left? Um, but, I mean, just, just thinking if we look at, say, the last 10 or 15 years and sort of the rise and, and, and fall of, of platforms from MySpace, there was Vine, um, TikTok sort of that people dismissed early on and that's sort of taken off. I mean, if you were to give say some young uh, digital communicators or people just starting out some some lessons over the last 15 years I'd just I'd be interested in just some a few points from each of you on on how you approach these kind of things and what you've learned uh, over the last sort of 10 years in this space well I mentioned it before and I think this is critical a channel strategy uh, in any organization is an imperative without a channel strategy you are literally doing it into the wind um, and so you've got to be really mindful that without a channel strategy you do not know what you're doing and you can't you can't have strong analytics to support anything that you're doing around it and what have you so for me that's a mandatory and um, so for any any young person coming to the market make sure that um, there is there is a strategy there that underpins the business goals of the organization and, and I think building off that, Mark, that, that would be my piece of advice too is if you've got a channel strategy, great, and you know how you're going to use these channels to fulfill whatever objectives or goals you're after as an organization, great. Don't get too connected to those channels though because they will change and can change on a dime because they are separate third-party commercial entities and it is their prerogative if they change the terms and conditions um, literally overnight, as we've seen. They change the brand overnight, just quietly. Let's spare a thought for the poor Twitter branding team who's had to go out and rebrand everything. Um, that'd be a fun job to be doing right now too. So I think for me, it would be don't get too wedded to any particular platform. Instead, try and sit above it at that strategy level. Yes, you still need to understand how it works and, and to how to get the most out of it, how the algorithm works, how audiences want to interact with it. But my advice would always be stay slightly above it and not too connected to those channels because that's where you overpromise and overcommit to stakeholders internally and ultimately get let down. I think um, that is great advice from both of you. Um, I think, you know, just reflecting what Roger said earlier, that it is valid to jump in and claim your space on a new platform, you know, claim your organization's name, claim your own username. That's something that's really important when a new platform opens up think about whether or not you want to do that or whether that becomes available to someone else and causes grief later. Uh, I think um, the advice of not being too wedded to a platform is is ideal. Definitely don't put all your eggs in one basket, no matter kind of how strong that is. Um, so 
uh, a new platform like threads is simply an addition to your mix. Um, and you know, just because you've claimed those spaces doesn't mean you have to use them all in the same way. Um, you know, you can, uh, own those and not share quite so much. Uh, you can go wild on others where you do have a more connected community and that's valid. They don't all have to be used the same way. And I would say that, um, while a platform like threads or TikTok is new and it's early days, it is the chance to just test and try. And so if you work for an organization that gives you the freedom to do that, um, try some new things with content, um, give, you know, do something a bit differently, maybe, um, you know, that is, uh, not the way that you would normally approach things and see how it runs. The audiences are smaller. There's potentially less risk. So, um, that's my two cents. And, and, Look, let's not dismiss your owned channels. So um, as Roger rightly says, you know, we don't own these channels. You know, you, you have you have no uh, ownership long term of these channels. What happens if they fall over? The channels you're left with are your intranet and your website. So don't dismiss them. Make sure that they're all part uh, and aligned to what you're trying to achieve through these channels. And, and can I just add one final like slight suggestion? Uh, we joke about it, but it, there's perhaps a little bit of an insight here. Um, if you're going to hit your wagon to anything, hitch it to the Kardashians, because it doesn't matter whether it's a new channel, an old channel, an emerging channel, an unproven channel, they will get cut through. So I think finding ways to actually align with people who will get cut through on channels is not a bad idea. Work out those partnerships that might be less risky and opportunities to test a space and, and see if it actually is going to add value to you as well. And I think we'll end on that, that brilliant note, Roger. Uh, create Kardashian content. That's what we got to do. That's what my advice <laughs> to all the digital communicators out there. Jump on the brands. Jump on the big brands. I think that was an interesting discussion. Like, I think we'll, we'll probably revisit this in a few months and see what's actually happened. But um, it's, it's, things change so rapidly. Um, and I think everyone would, would be having these conversations uh, who works in comms. Um, so hopefully you've learned something from us or our perspective on it. It's, it's all quite different. So you've got a different view from everyone, and um, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget in touch. Uh, get in touch with us, folks, if you if you want to. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, share your learnings, share any insights, and any suggestions for future podcasts. Yeah, let us know who you agree with out of, out of the four of us, because I think we all have a different <laughs> view. So <laughs> who's right? Find 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 us all on yeah, Threads, exactly. except me. I'll be on LinkedIn. Come and say hi. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks again for listening. If you valued today's conversation, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share it with others. For more details on today's show or to get in touch, head to gdln.card with two R's.co or Google Government Digital Leaders Network. <laughs>